Have you worked really hard to achieve the job title that you've got today? If you're like a lot of women that I've worked with, having a particular job title can say a lot about our identity, not only about our identity, but also how we feel about ourselves. And what would happen if you gave that up? That's what we're going to be talking about today, where our guest Jessica Osborne is going to tell us exactly what happened when she left a 20 year career as a corporate marketing executive and gave it all up to follow her dreams. You won't want to miss this episode because I feel like it's going to be a good one to inspire you to step out of your comfort zone. Welcome to Get Over Yourself, the podcast for successful women who are ready to get out of their own way and quit letting fear hold them back. You've worked hard to get to where you are, so it's about damn time you felt confident enough to enjoy it. I'm your host, Eloise Tompkins, and I've spent over a decade mastering the art of psychology so I can help women just like you stop the self-doubt spiral and learn to love yourself enough to move forward. Welcome to another episode of Get Over Yourself, where today we are going to be talking to one of my favorite marketing people, Jessica Osborne. She is an experienced marketing strategist and a business coach gosh, business coach, host of She's the Business podcast, author, and a mum of two. She has spent 20 years building successful brands around the globe in a corporate career before ditching her top executive job and turning to the online business world to find fulfillment and flexibility to balance and work life with a young family, which I think a lot of us can relate to. After founding two online service businesses of her own since 2010, Jessica has found the key to having less work, more life business, and has compiled her strategies into a simple framework so that others can do the same. Jessica loves helping female coaches and online professionals magnet, I can't speak today, my goodness, magnet, can't say that word, Jess, attract high quality clients so that they can have a fulfilling and wildly profitable business along with the freedom filled lifestyle they always wanted. That is great. That's something that I think we can all relate to. This is a common experience among ambitious women. Um, They've worked so hard and I can imagine that they really relate to all of this stuff, Jess. So great to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is exactly that you do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for ha- having me, Eloise. Um, you did a really good job there on my bio. I was like, oh, interesting. I actually haven't heard it read out. So I was just thinking away to it. Like, what did I actually say um, when I wrote it? Um, but yes, uh, you know, that was kind of it in a nutshell. I mean, I did the usual thing, come out of school, go to uni, um, probably less usual because I didn't decide to do all of my university in one go. I went overseas and started working. I was working in marketing before I finished my degree, um, <laughs> but I got it just to have the piece of paper that says you know, that I have it. Um, and yeah, just did the job, did everything that you think that you meant to do in life. Like you meant to, you know, work your way up and what have you. And I did that and got to this point where I was head of marketing um, for a firm that I joined when they were actually a startup and that had been exciting um, to kind of build the company, build the team and department myself. But, you know, the billion dollar firm and I'm looking at it, I'm going, is this it? Like, seriously, this is what I've got worked all this time and got all this way up here. And I was looking at the CEO and the other execs and I'm like, 
yeah, I don't think I want that. Like, I don't want that life. They are working so hard. Their family is not their priority. Their job is like, they're more married to the company than they are to their own family. And I was like, they're missing out on all the stuff with their kids. Um, And obviously at the same time, I started to have my own kids. And so my priorities definitely, or my perspective changed, I guess. And um, there was more to live for, even though I'd always been like that kind of person that loves to live and travel and do all the things. Um, it took an even bigger priority in my life, I think, was just like, wow, time goes so quick. Um, you know, we're here on this earth for such a short time and only once. There is no dress rehearsal. You don't get to do it again. Um, and I don't want to spend my time sitting in an office at a desk, you know, making shareholders happy and doing something that's really like has no meaning to me except it's a job and they're paying me for it. And even as much as, you know, I love marketing, I love um, you know, I can, you know, the psychology of it all. And I, you know, and I think you and I probably relate so much on that aspect, but, you know, I had so much more to give and I I was just frustrated there. So yeah, I think there are lots of different things aligned all at the same time. Probably my frustration, um, all of the things that are going on in the workplace kind of made it a place I was like, I started to think, right. I've always said I wanted to run my own business I had a side hustle that I'd been running for a while at that time, um, but never really taking it seriously. And then that was just kind of the moment that that pushed me into, right, second baby, I was in hospital and had just had the baby and I just decided, this is it. I've got my maternity leave. I'm going to use it to build a business and I'm not going to go back. That was my plan. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of background. I don't know. I went on a full tangent there on a story, but oh, I <laughs> love I miss anything out. <laughs> love tangents. I love a good tangent. And as I was listening to you speak to that, one of the things that stood out for me is the idea that there's this path that we should follow. And I think for a lot of women, and and a lot of women listening are often. Um, the employed corporate type of woman um, where they are in a salary job and there can be a lot of uh, anxiety about what that looks like for them because there's this career progression then you reach a point and and like you said it's kind of like well is this it (laughs) what next Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so many women I've worked with have kind of had that experience like I remember working with a CEO who was like okay, I've got the job, I've got the family, I've got the husband, I've got the kid, I've got the luxury car, I've ticked all the boxes. Is this it? Like, now what? (laughs) I know. It's so hard, isn't it? Because I think I got to that point and being someone that's kind of, you know, always been that bigger picture thinker and, and loving to, you know, not to be micromanaged. Like I like people to say, this is what the goal is and then I figure out the way to get there. And when I got to that point, I was looking at the CEO and I'm like, there's a CEO of this company, billion dollar company now. He's still answering to the board. He's still answering to all these other people. Like even though, yes, you get a lot of decision making, I was like, that's still to me, it doesn't look like freedom. It doesn't look like fulfillment. It looks like a lot of, you know, you're, you're still towing the line and doing all this stuff. And it wasn't really what I wanted. And I thought, you know, I want to be able to live a life where I'm feeling like I'm living my best life every day, where I've got time for me, I can exercise, I can, 
eat the good food. I'm not commuting to work and sitting at a desk and then trying to rush to daycare to pick up my baby so that they're not there for eight hours or 10 hours or something horrible and feeling bad. Like I want to be spending time with them. And it's not that I didn't want to work like I did, but it was like, how can I get these things in my life to all complement each other and work with each other and that I get a balance that's right for me. And it's like, it's not the same that, you know, not everybody has the same idea of what the right balance is, right? So for me, it wasn't like there has to be a rule that's X amount of hours a week. But for me, there is going to be an ideal amount of hours a week. That means that I can also have these other priorities um, in my life, myself, my kids, um, you know, actually just enjoying life. And that's kind of what I set out to do when when I started this business. I was like, right, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to have freedom, flexibility. Um, I want to make the decisions. I want to be able to work when I want to work. I want to be able to work where I want to work and live where I want to work and not be tied to, um, you know, what the company says that I need to do. Um, I think it was just that time of life, maybe. I was probably nearing 40 and I was like, you know what, I want to make my own decisions. (laughs) Someone else telling me what to do anymore. Um, But it meant that, you know, there's a lot of choices. And I guess in designing this business to to do that, I, I kind of went, actually, this is something that not only I want, you know, so many people want that. And I think that when we sometimes start a business, we go into business thinking, right, well, I do what I've been doing. I figure out how much I get paid and I find people who want to, um, you know, hire me. But that's kind of like you've got another job just with multiple bosses now and you might have a little bit more flexibility of what you're doing. But if you haven't designed it in terms of what is that outcome with the lifestyle that you want to be living at the end, if you haven't sort of factored that in, you're actually not creating that. You're just creating another way to make money. And you can do that with anything. Like you don't need to do it in your profession. You could make cookies and go and sell them down on the street corner. That's a way to make money. Like, you know, if and it's like, I don't think it, it's really interesting because you see that happen so much and people are like, yeah, but I'm, I'm doing all the things and I think I should be there, but I'm not there. And I'm like so far from my goal. It's like, because there's no like how are you actually going to get to that goal? How many hours do you want to be working? What does success actually look like for you? Is the way that you built your business right now going to get you there? And, you know, that's where it's like breaking down that framework to, right, let's design it so that it gets you that outcome. Because, you know, as I said, you know, we've got one life, like, you know, live it. <laughs> oh, I fully hear you on that. And that's absolutely why I'm so passionate about the work that I do. You know, I think that we need to be authentic. And I think that's what you're tapping into is this sense of authenticity of the corporate life was something that you thought you should do. It was the pathway that you thought you should go down because I'm guessing other people kind of shuffled you onto that. Somebody used a great analogy uh, the other day where it's like, we're all women are all walking towards this one elevator and we're all getting on the same elevator. You push the button, up you go, and that's, you know, that's your destination. But over in the other corner, there's this big, shiny, sparkly, beautiful object and it kind of catches your eye and and we've all got our own shiny object that we look towards and we think, oh, what's over there? But because everyone else is following that same path, we don't go off and explore it. So I love that you 
have been able to go off and explore it. And I want to shift gears slightly and I guess take you back to childhood a little bit because one of the things that I find is childhood can very much influence, I guess, a person's ability to make these decisions in their adulthood. So I'm curious about what your childhood was like, what your child experiences were like and how they've influenced your success and your decision-making today. Yeah, wow, that's a really big question. (laughs) There's a lot of um, things that kind of pop up for me straight away. I think, um, interestingly, I always wanted to own my own business. So as a child, I, I don't remember exactly at what age I decided that, but I do specifically recall when I was 18, I went for a job interview. Um, an agency had sent me to for a job interview and they actually said to me, uh, you're not going to get this job, but we think it's good experience for you just to go to the interview anyway. And I was like, okay, like whatever. I went along being 18. I'm like, all right, well, you know, what's the harm? Um, I wasn't doing anything else that day. <laughs> and it was for a um, a PA to a general manager at the um, Intercontinental Hotel Group. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I wasn't looking for a PA job and I, I didn't particularly think I'd be that good at it. But anyway, I did this interview and he said to me, what do you want to do in five years time? And I said, I want to be the CEO of my own business. And, um, you know, I because I didn't think I was going to get the job right. So I was just answering the truth, <laughs> whatever I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he offered me the job. <laughs> and I was like, why did you offer me that job? And I sat there, you know, I wasn't saying I want to make you cups of coffee and I really want to manage your diary because I, to be honest, didn't. And I was terrible at it. Um, I was, But he said, oh, I just saw something in you. And anyway, long story short, within like three months, I was in the marketing team. So <laughs> clearly that wasn't my ideal job, but he saw me as having something else. So that childhood, going back to that, yeah, I think I always had that vision um, of, you know, I guess doing my own thing. But then I also see some things that happened in childhood that probably sent me down the path where I did and also kept me working in the jobs that I did for so long and not actually following what I always knew I wanted to do. Um, One of them probably is a a real fear of speaking, (laughs) which is interesting now that we, I have my own podcast as well, (laughs) and I feel like I talk all the time, but um, yeah, just some things that happened. Um, You know, I was absolutely petrified of speaking in front of people um speaking anything about myself um and you know I had a few bad experiences with um doing speeches at school and them just being absolutely terrible (laughs) that I think led me to this belief that I was terrible at speaking right which then meant not speaking out which meant holding things back um you know it played out in so many ways I think in my um life and in the jobs that I held um until I you know I probably can't remember what age it was where I got to the point where I was like you know what you don't ask what you're going to get you're not just not going to get it and I kind of started to perceive that but I was still even right up till I was head of marketing and you know the CEO said to me we're going to hold a staff conference you're going to speak and I was like (gasps) you know and I saw him looking at me like I was some sort of reject you know like what are you doing like why don't you want to stand up and talk to in front of people and I was like I couldn't think of anything worse um I wasn't proud of myself to stand up and talk and to share what the team were doing what the company was doing with marketing like for me that was like completely 
not where I wanted to be. And looking back at that now, like I see so much in it. Like I had no trust in myself. I had, you know, a, a fear of my voice and not being accepted and what I was saying and people not liking it and oh, all of these things. And I know that that stemmed all the way from my childhood, um, which is so interesting. And it's been stepping into entrepreneurship and into this business was the first time I needed to become the voice and the face of the business. I worked in marketing. I was always behind the scenes. I wasn't a salesperson. You know, I was never seen. I was just, you know, pulling all the strings in the background, right? Um, Still being that puppeteer. Yeah. And and I think that's very interesting because as women, like, I don't know, I've never kind of thought about it in that way, but it's almost like society pulls the strings or other people are pulling the strings and we're just kind of going along with it, hiding in the background because we're scared of, of being visible. And hearing you talk about that, those childhood experiences where there were, were things that happened that stopped you from speaking up. And I can certainly relate to that. Like I have so many memories of (laughs) one experience where this kid in my class, when I was in like year eight, snipped my hair, like a chunk of hair. And I was mortified. And I went up to tell the teacher and the teacher was like, "Mm, oh, well, meh. And then laughed with a kid who snipped my hair. And I just like, I look back on that and I think, my goodness, like, these are experiences where you're just so shut down and your experiences are invalidated and not listened to, you're not heard, or you have experiences where you're bullied and people mock you and make fun of you. All of these things that do happen in childhood, but do have a really significant impact and kind of do follow us into our adulthood. And I think a lot of times Sometimes we can say, oh, but it's in the past, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to leave it there. But in actual fact, it really does have impacts in our adult life. And we then fall into, I guess, familiar patterns in some ways of, okay, I can have this successful corporate job. I can reach an executive level. And there's also still a part of me that feels quite safe in doing that because I'm able to be behind the scenes. I'm not that public face, that visibility, which then holds us back from going after, you know, rather than continuing on the elevator and following all the other people and following our shiny object in terms of what we want, we, we still kind of play safe thinking that we are living the life that we want to be living. So I guess what I'm curious about, and I know you've kind of touched on this with the business, but what was that moment for you when you were like, you know what, actually I'm the one that has to get out of my own way. I can't, keep holding myself back anymore I what was that for you it's interesting because when I decided to start this business I hadn't really thought about I'm gonna have to be the face (laughs) I kind of had just gone I know what I can do like I've been you know I've been building marketing strategy I've been coaching my team for so long on you know, what they need to do. I can do that for other people with their business. Like I can coach them, you know, I don't need to manage them, but I can really help them to make the decisions and see what they need to do. And so I kind of had that bit, but I hadn't, I guess, perceived strangely because that is what I do, obviously, is understand the business side, the marketing. But I hadn't really thought I've got to get out there and be the face. So it was probably about six months in 
you know, I was like, I was doing all the things that I thought I needed to do because I'd come from corporate. So I'd like build a website and I'd, you know, blah, 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 doing all that stuff. Started writing a few blogs. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I actually need to do more than just write a few blogs. Like, I probably need to be seen. And so here I was. I actually remember I've got a few photos because I was would often work in my kitchen with my baby in a baby sleep carrier thing on my chest because she had like some um you know digestion issues and stuff and so she would be like asleep on me in the in the carrier in the little sack and I'd be standing at the bench with my laptop um and I was like well there's never going to be a good time because I've either got this baby on me or I'm feeling like I'm you know, I might not have had a shower yet today and I might not have done all these things. But I was like, well, where, what am I going to hold back from or until? Like right now I've literally got no one following me. So what difference does it make if I just get online? And I I think it was probably being a bit sleep deprived um, and my brain actually just getting to the point of not caring <laughs> where I might not have been in that place if I didn't have a baby that was keeping me up all night. So Sleep, dep- sleep deprivation and just being like, well, screw it, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And I decided I just had to turn on the camera. And so I started to do some lives um, with the baby on me. <laughs> so my first like social media stuff really getting out there. I had a baby on my front and I just did it thinking, well, no one's going to see it anyway. And funnily enough, one of the very first ones, I didn't know that I had to have my phone a certain way. And so the video was filmed sideways. <laughs> one of my friends has commented going, did you know that you're sideways? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know until afterwards. And I just left it there because I thought, well, that's kind of funny. People might <laughs> think it was funny. Um, yeah, I think I kind of, I coached myself through just breaking down some of those barriers because I was like, well, you know, what? how else are you going to do it? Like you've just got to get over yourself <laughs> literally and and stop worrying about it. And and I think just by doing it the first time and then going, oh, actually nothing bad happened. Like people didn't shoot me down or criticise me. No one even criticised me for having a sideways video. If anything, they thought it was funny or like caught their attention. Um they still came back and wanted to hear me the next time. Um, you know, I kind of, I think bit by bit, I made myself be aware of the evidence and aware that nothing bad was happening and it was only good and positive. Um, and just kind of, I guess, realizing we all have those thoughts. It's like our, our own inner, inner critic. Um, the other thing though, just to let you know what I do, and I probably still do this. I don't, I never watched it back. So I would do something live or make a video and post it, but then I'd never go back and watch it or listen to it. Cause I knew if I did, I'd delete it. <laughs> I love that. And as soon as you said that, do you know that, oh, it made, it made me think because part of my uh, psychology degree and part of becoming a psychologist required us to require um, record sessions with clients and then you'd have to watch it um, not for the client perspective but f- to reflect on us and how we were engaging with the client and all of that and it was just the absolute worst thing to sit and re-watch an hour-long session with a client and then get feedback from your supervisor so I feel yeah sometimes you just put it out there and what I'm almost hearing you say is um, done is better than perfect. And I think that, you know, one of the things that aside from this podcast, I know that you and I have spoken about is this, um, 
perfectionist tendency and also people-pleasing tendencies, which I think a lot of women have. Um, And to kind of break free from that, it almost sounds like you needed to get out of that environment where you were in that perfectionist mindset, which was that um, high-level corporate role because very much it is, particularly again for women, there is these really high expectations that are placed on women Um, and to be able to sort of step away from that, have a bit of space to step into your own thinking, to be able to step away from that group think almost in terms of, well, this is how as an organization we think so that you can kind of create a bit of space to think, well, how do I want my life to be? And often it can be um, a big life-changing event like having a child or getting married or getting engaged or uh, changing careers. And sometimes it can just be tick, 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 tick. We've ticked off all the things in life that we thought we've had. Um, And almost that's also kind of what happened to you as well, because you've ticked off all of these things, career. Now the family was there and looking around going, okay, well, I'm essentially halfway through my life. Life is short. It's finite. What do I want to then do next? And that then shifted that perspective. And I think that's very, very common. And I see that with a lot of women that I work with uh, to then actually take action though can be really difficult and that choice point of well do I want to keep doing more of the same or am I going to take a leap of courage step into what feels authentic and good for me and take that leap and I don't know that's kind of scary and I I guess I'm kind of curious to understand um what life is like past that adversity and getting through the other side what's that like for you Yeah, look, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it was easy. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm just going to do this thing and now I'm letting go. Like I did not let go of that security blanket, even though I knew that it was time. Um, So, you know, just going back, you know, this was my second child. So I'd had a child already, had gone on maternity leave, had come back to work, had still been in the thing, like still doing all of the way that it's meant to be and, you know, towing the line and, doing things and trying to be super person with a kid and a super, you know, manager and all of this stuff. Um, And it was only until I think it just got to the point where, you know, I literally was at that, like, I have had enough of this. It is just, I am not fulfilled. I am not rewarded. I'm not acknowledged. I'm not appreciated for everything that I've been doing you know, the, the stark difference to now where it's like, instead of just making one company's numbers better and, and making the, the shareholders happy in the board, it's like, I actually impact real people's lives, multiple businesses, you know, almost every day. And they don't have to be telling me that I am, but just the fact that what you see and what you know, and, and what you hear is just so different. But when I made that decision to jump with two feet like I I had to get a bit of a push from the universe as well (laughs) like so I went I did go back I had my maternity leave with my second child I started a business I had clients it was going and then the, the, the leave finished and I was like okay I'm going back to the job and I actually went back and it was the weirdest feeling because it was like I'd gone I'd reached a fork in the path and I'd gone down the other way like not I hadn't carried on the the path I'd been on I'd gone down there like okay going into entrepreneurship 
And then it's like I'd gone back to the fork and had tried to go back down the path that I'd been on before. And it just felt 100% wrong. Like there was, I did not feel like I belonged there anymore. So much had changed my perspectives, perspectives on everything. Like some of the, you know, just the, what, the way that we'd been taught and grown up and to believe like, these are the rules and this is what you have to do. And, you know, like you were saying, the perfectionism, well, I worked in marketing. We had like brand guidelines for everything. It's like you can't step outside of them, like so many rules. I don't think I'm a natural person like that, but I knew like, you know, often with a company you've got to have that kind of structure to keep the integrity of the brand. Otherwise it it just (laughs) falls apart. But I got such a breath of fresh air in stepping out of it and having that space away and just being like you don't actually need all of that like it's so much deeper and there's so much more to it and going back in there I went oh you know this is like I would rather stick a fork in my eye really than be here (laughs) didn't help that then they were like well you're a mother and we think that you shouldn't be in the executive room because you must have other priorities and they tried to get me to have a demotion so I was like well you know what this is just not this isn't where I want to be so you know I negotiated to leave um, on good terms, which was great. But, you know, as I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It took me probably two years to talk about that experience. Um, I shed a lot of tears. It was like I was cutting off a part of me. My identity had been so attached to that role. Um, You know, I was, you know, people say, well, what do you do? You know, and it's like, well, I'm head of marketing. And that was kind of part of who I was, right? And it just felt ridiculously scary to be cutting that off or it felt like completely cutting it off I look back now and I'm like well everything I did kind of has led me to here and every all of those experiences and and my whole career has helped me be the person that I am today and and have the knowledge and expertise I have today so I look back with thanks now but at the time it felt like I was starting something brand new. It felt like I was new, even though I was like, I've got 20 years of experience behind me. I am not new, but it felt new because suddenly it was like, well, I'm I'm kind of responsible for myself and I'm here on my own. I don't have any backup and, oh, my God, like it was not easy. There's a lot that, um, you know, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of um, trust in myself that had just... I think through that whole experience kind of had got completely crushed to be really open and honest about it. Um, And I see that happen with so many women, like, you know, Mm -hmm. part of what happened to me, I call it the maternal wall. (laughs) Like I bashed up against the maternal wall and they, as soon as I had a kid, they put me in a box of like, you are now a mum. That means that you must have baby brain and you can't think anymore. And, you know, all of these things I'm like, what, what evidence do you have that I am not still capable and not still thinking and not still doing my job? Because on paper or in the numbers, I was. I was managing my team. Everything was growing. The numbers are going up. But they had put me with this label of like, she's now a mum and she she does a day from home. Therefore, she's not really engaged and she's not really this and that. And, that. and I was like, I, I couldn't have got more frustrated because I had not given <laughs> it all up um but this happens to so many women I see you know around that time is a really common time to start your own business no guessing why um you know it's like you you're in this place where it feels like you you're hitting a wall there's nowhere where you can go so we go to to make our own way but the unfortunate thing well is I, I actually think that that's 
so I need to interrupt and like comment on that. Like, oh, I felt this reaction as you said that, like, because I, I, I don't think that women think that though. I think women then get caught in this, but this is what society tells me I should do. And I think it takes a lot of courage to then be like, well, no, I am going to do things differently because I, I see it. I see it so much where women then are like, okay, I am a mum now. And this is now a part of my identity. So what, how do I make that work in the corporate world? And they don't see business always. Some do as an, as an opportunity um, because we've been conditioned very much to, to stay on that path. Um, and I think it's really brave and courageous to, I don't know, take a, a stand almost because I, I almost feel like it's fighting the patriarchy in some ways to be like, you know what, you don't think I'm good enough? Well, fuck you. I know that I'm good enough because I've got 20 years of experience and I'm raising these kids and I'm doing all of this stuff in the workplace. Like I am I am all of these identities and I'm going to go out and do it on my own and create something that's really successful and thriving, which I know is exactly what you've done. And, and I love that you work in that space where you do help mothers because it's so needed because I think that it's a way to empower women particularly to be like, well, actually you can have your cake and eat it too. And your identity doesn't have to be tied to a specific job title. Uh, I think for me, I can relate to that as well. You know, like, oh, I'll become a psychologist. I'll have the title of psychologist and then I'll be good enough. And now I've moved into, I guess, the authenticity coaching space. And yes, I use my experience as a psychologist and my knowledge and skills. But shifting that, I guess, title and that wording and that identity can be really, really tough. So mm. that's my long-winded way, I guess, of saying it's really, really courageous. And I've loved hearing your story and I've loved, and I think it's so relevant to so many people, all of the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs that we hold about ourselves, the life story that we believe is what we should strive for and it doesn't have to be that way. I'm curious though because I'm sure this has sparked the interest of so many of our listeners who are like, what, you're telling me that there's more out there than the corporate world? How can people learn more about you and find out more about you if, if this has spiked some interest in them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I am on social media. You can come and hang out with me. Um, usually on Instagram the most and I've been loving threads actually lately because it's like I don't even need to plan anything I just post some random stuff so if you want to hear all my shower thoughts and <laughs> random moments come and um, connect with me on threads um, but yes Instagram I'm at jessica.osborne so that's an easy way to find me and, and you'll find my Facebook and my website is my name as well so um, I yeah I love connecting with people and and chatting with them and you know, I just see so much potential and so many people with potential who, you know, just through this experience, maybe at that time in their life, potentially start to lose trust and and have confidence that's kind of broken a bit. And I've I've heard stories when I've shared this story before, you know, people have said, wow, you know, when that happened to me, I went back in my career 10 years and it's taken me all that time to actually rebuild it back to where I was, um, you know, when when they had their kids and stuff. And I'm like, that is exactly why I 
am here, why I do what I do. I love helping people, you know, actually succeed in business. Like it's kind of can be can be easy for some to sort of step out and, and suddenly become like a freelancer and, and get work. But it's like they're actually creating something that is a business that has the potential to support you, has unlimited growth and that you actually are living the life that you want because usually that's the reason we're leaving the corporate world because it there is a clash. There's a clash of priorities. There's a clash of values. Um, and, you know, not everybody has that clash, but so many do. And it's for me, it's like I, I want, I love helping people find the formula, the strategy behind in the business. That means that it's like, well, what is their lifestyle you want to live? Let's design the business that's going to give you that because it can happen so much faster. Even before you're hitting the revenue or income targets, you can actually already be living the lifestyle that you want and be working on the other pieces and working on the growth. Um, and when you do it that way, when you're having the lifestyle first, rather than thinking, oh, I've got to do the business for 15 years before I get to the point where I can have the life I want. It's like, yeah, why? Who says, you know, why do we have to do it where you've got to work, work, work to get somewhere? Like that was kind of that same mentality of climbing the corporate ladder to get to the top. It's like you do not have to do business that way. You don't have to do your corporate life that way either. Like what are you holding back from or avoiding that you could be doing that could actually get you further what what are you not asking for that you really want to ask for um you can create your own rules create it create of your own life everything that you have <laughs> is a choice <laughs> it is it is and sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice because mm-hmm. our past honestly we, because we hold ourselves back we get we get stuck in our own familiar ways of thinking and and I think that's where you and I overlap and that's where I love chatting with you I knew that I'd love this chat with you because (laughs) I could relate to your story and again I know so many other people will relate to this so so much whether we've got children or not I know I don't have children but I certainly relate to your story of just having those different clashes and for me it was you know not wanting that nine to five wanting to make a bigger impact wanting to help more people wanting to have a community wanting to be able to support people in their well-being and and live a life that feels true to them because I know for me as soon as I started living a way that is true or was true for me it opened up so many doors and that's kind of what I'm hearing with you as well is that you don't have to follow that pathway that we've been fed because that's a lie and actually we can create that pathway that feels good for us and it can be financially abundant. It can be freeing. It can be successful. So I really love that. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm going to pop for anyone who's interested in learning more about Jessica. I'm going to be popping all of her details in the show notes. So please check that out. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and I'm sure that so many others have benefited from this as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eloise. It's been a pleasure as always. Love chatting to you. Thanks for listening to Get Over Yourself. I know there are so many podcasts out there and I'm so grateful that you chose this episode to listen to today. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as this is really going to help our podcast grow. Meanwhile, keep your ears peeled because there will be a fresh new episode dropped next week and I can't wait for you to